I once flew into Cairns International Airport uh, in a jumbo, Boeing jumbo 747. You ever done that? No one's ever done that? Who's ever done it? Um, remember back in the days you were able to go up to the cockpit? Remember those days? Yeah. I actually got up into the cockpit while we were just sort of out, um, you know, over the tablelands. And the captain said to me, he said, would you like to stay here in the cockpit while we land? And I said, oh, no, I'll go back and have a cup of tea. No, no, I didn't say that. I said, are you serious? Of course. Of course I'd love to. He said, just sit there in the jump seat and uh, put the belt on. And uh, we'll be landing in a few minutes. I'm thinking, you just got yourself a Qantas customer for the rest of my life. I was excited. So, so. But of course, of course, that was before 9-11. And now you can't even go up to the cockpit of a plane unless you're in Longreach. You can't go there. Because why? Because something was lost. And as a result, all of us are now treated with Suspicion. What was lost? Trust. Look at the scripture. It says in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2. The scripture says in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2, Behold, God is my salvation. Read this next phrase with me. I will trust and I will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Trust is a noun. Trust is a noun, and it means to firmly believe in the reliability, truth, or ability of someone or something. What I've learned about trust is that trust is fundamentally a currency. You put it in as coins, but you take it out as notes. It's hard to build, and it's easy to lose. Why is trust so important is a good question to ask when we're thinking about the way in which it works in relationships. Well, first of all, trust is so important because trust is the fundamental, it is the foundational commodity upon which all human relationships are built. Think about that. That if you want to have a successful relationship with another human being, you know what you need? Trust. It's like oxygen. While ever it's present, you're not thinking about it, but once it's gone, it's it's very, very obvious. It's very, very noticeable. Trust is the critical element in all human relationships. So if trust is diminished, guess what? We distance ourselves. Diminished trust equals distance between emotional distance between people and eventually physical distance between people. You wouldn't walk into a small room with someone who knew was violent, right? And unpredictable. You just wouldn't do it. And nor should you. The third thing about trust is that it facilitates all human interaction. If trust then is so vital, if trust then is so essential, if trust then is so critical to human relationships and their success, why is it that we don't think that much about it or we just take it for granted? It's like one of those things you just... Again, you don't appreciate how valuable, how rare, how, how precious the thing is until it's just not there within your relationship. So let me ask you this question before I do. Um, Stephen Covey wrote a book called The Speed of Trust. If you're in management circles, you probably would have heard of Stephen Covey. He, uh, he writes a lot of good material. But, but in his book, The Speed of Trust, he talks about how that when trust 
is low, costs are high, and speed is slow. Think about that. When trust is low, then costs are high and speed is slow. But when trust is high, then speed is quick and costs are low. My dad describes himself as a handshake model. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Some of you old enough to know that men used to do business based on a handshake. It might be multiple tens of thousands or even millions of dollars when a man would put out his hand, he would shake that other person's hand and a deal would be struck. When trust is high, handshake deals are common. It's the norm because you can trust what the other person said. But when trust is diminished, when it's gone, when it's diluted, when it disappears, then the only thing that replaces it is suspicion. It's true in business, but... Tragically, it's also very true within families and especially within marriage. Trust, of course, gives you the ability to open up your heart to the other person before you have all the facts. But when trust is gone, your heart is closed and you're looking for facts to confirm your suspicion. Because suspicion is the default position of someone who doesn't have trust. Their lips are moving, therefore they must be... We're talking about politicians now. Everything's suspect if they like, just can't be sure. And you've got people in your world where you know because of past experience that that's a person who's not entirely trustworthy. And Proverbs says it like this. It says, a good name is better to be chosen than great riches. Do you know why? Because your name, your reputation, your character, who you actually are will open the door to all kinds of wonderful things if you can be trusted. Trust can only be built on transparent motives. And I need to know what's in your heart before you and I can walk together. I need to know what is in your heart because trust is dependent on transparency and transparent motives. Only trust allows for intimacy. You can be physical, but that's not intimacy. Intimacy only happens physically, romantically, or even socially business-wise, if trust has got its prominent position that it should have. Let's talk about how trust is eroded. You with me? Who's here today? Who's, how is trust eroded? A few things to write down. Trust is eroded through uncontrolled anger. You ever see someone who bursts out in anger? They're a person that you, you just don't know. If you, you walk around them on eggshells, right? It's a phrase we use. You just don't know. When that person comes through the house, we don't know who's going to come through the house. I'm not saying that they are, you know, um, diagnosed bipolar. I'm just saying that they have got no control over their emotional life. Proverbs says it like this in chapter 16, verse 32. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. He who rules over his spirit, who controls himself, is a better than the person who can take a city. In other words, someone who can control the inside is better than a warrior that can take a conquest on the battlefield. So uncontrolled anger will destroy trust. It will diminish, it will dissipate trust within a relationship. Another one is physical violence. If you become physical within a relationship, guess what? That person will instantly and most likely permanently have a suspicion about you. Physical violence destroys trust. Lying destroys trust. If you share something with somebody, 
Next one is gossip. If you share something with somebody and then what you've shared with an open heart just goes around, right? Remember the story of a lady who, who was confronted by a pastor and said, I hear you've been gossiping in our church. He said, oh, pastor, I'm sorry. It's a terrible habit I've got. I, 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 really, I really don't mean to do it. And he said, come with me. So he went up into the barn, into the high window of the loft, and he got a pillow full of feathers. He slid it open with a knife, and he cast the feathers to the wind. He said, go and pick up all those feathers. And she said, but I could not possibly, the wind has caught these and taken them everywhere. I could, I could never possibly get all those feathers back into this pillow. And he said, and neither can you get back every word that you've spoken and diminished another person's character. So gossip destroys trust. Carelessness, yeah? Just being thoughtless, just not having a presence of mind erodes trust. And trust is such a critical component. Ulterior motives we've spoken about already. So then how is trust formed? If that's how it's lost, how can trust be formed? I'd like you to take a note of this because there are people here today and you're going, I'm not really sure on, on the tank of 1 to 10, with 10 being as good as my trust account could be. I'm not really sure where it's up to. All of us are skilled at diminishing our trust account. But here's some pointers on how you can actually top it back up. Ready? Number one, just be honest. You know, when you repent, when you say sorry, when you ask for forgiveness, do you know what you're doing? You're reestablishing the trust account. You're recognizing, hey, I'm human. And I need grace from God, and I also need it from you. So honesty is not just the best policy, it's the only policy. Honesty establishes the trust within a relationship. Never lie to somebody that trusts you, and never trust somebody that lies to you. Consistency is another way in which trust is formed within relationship. You're dependable. Old Bible word, get ready for it, faithful. Someone say faithful. Just touch your name and say, you look like a faithful person to me. Reliable, endurance, someone who doesn't give up when things get tough, they go on, they stick it out. Has there anyone here say, yeah, we've gone through a rough patch in our marriage, but we're still fighting for it? All the happily married people just going, don't know what you're talking about, Pastor. Never had a blue app. Just, oh, just, yeah, you go on their Instagram photographs, they're all just date night, right? What about posting something about fight night, you know? It's just all, it's all the glamour photos. Look at this lovely meal I had. What about when you had custard on wheat bix for dinner? What about that night? You know, when she said you can sleep in the dog kennel. What about that night? Love the stars. Look at these stars. Here's a photograph of these stars. Guess where I am tonight? <laughs> You're laughing like you shouldn't be. Uh, competence builds trust. If you put reliance upon someone and they can't do what they told you they could do, guess what? You don't trust that person, and rightly so. Build competence into your life. Restore trust. Form trust. And finally, sacrifice. When someone is prepared to sacrifice for you, that builds trust. When someone goes the extra mile, when someone puts themselves out, when someone cuts off a little bit of their sausage and puts it on your plate, Where someone, where someone notices that the half of the avocado that's not on their toast has got the black part through it, they don't do a switcheroo. They sacrifice. Who, who knows what I'm talking about? All you people living singly at home don't know what I'm talking about, right? And you wake up at night and you go to the bathroom, you come back and you're cold. So what do you do? You pull the blanket up. No, no, no. You pull the blanket up over your beloved first. 
Pikey, really appreciate that, Joel. I really, really appreciate that. Rick Warren says it like this. He says that trust, that trust is built on the track record. In other words, the pattern of their behavior, right? What are they like on the big picture? Yeah, that's how we know we can trust somebody. What's a trust tax? That's a really good question. What's a trust tax? Ever heard that phrase before? What's a trust tax? Have you heard that phrase? Well, imagine, imagine that, um, and, and let's, just, let's just choose someone completely fictional here today, right? Let's just imagine that Phil over here, uh, he, he did the wrong thing in his relationship and now he finds himself single. And, uh, but Phil, uh, he's learned his lesson and he's gone through a period of healing and counseling and, and restoration and, and now he's back on the marriage wagon again. He's married again to a lovely girl called Sally. So Phil and Sally are over here and Phil kisses his bride one afternoon and uh, Sally knows Phil's background, knows, knows his past, right? But, but Sally loves him, has forgiven him, right? But, but he says when he kisses her on the cheek that, uh, that morning, he says, Sally, I'll see you tonight at six o'clock for dinner, sweetheart. I can hardly wait. I can hardly wait. Well, at six o'clock, you know, she's got a little bit of perfume on. She's got something in the fry pan cooking. No one knows what I'm talking about. And, uh, and the house is nice and everything's good. At six o'clock, she's going, my beloved will be here soon. Phil will be coming through that door. I'm just listening for his car up the street. No, nah, 6.01. Where is that lad? 6.05. He's dead. 6.10. I bet he's with. And Phil just got delayed because the council were doing roadworks. But Phil's paying a trust tax because, well, we know his history, right? And so in human relationships, we do this to people and sometimes for good reason and sometimes just tragically because we're human beings. Sometimes pastors take on churches and sometimes new people come into our employment. Sometimes we work with another boss. We join sporting teams and you are looked at through the lens of the person you replaced. So you've got to go over and above. You've got to go beyond. You've got to do better. Why? Not because you're defective or deficient, but because trust has been destroyed and you're paying the price. That's what a trust tax is. And all of us are susceptible to it. We demand more of the other because the previous disappointed us. Does that make sense? Who's guilty of this? It's human nature. We are all guilty of it. But with God's grace, we can be aware of it and we can combat it. Yeah. Let's move on to how is trust maintained? How is trust maintained? Well, you've been looking at the stage and you're noticing it sitting beside me here. It looks something like a goldfish bowl for those listening to the audio broadcast. There's something like a clear goldfish bowl sitting here beside me on the water table. And behind that is a little packet of, uh, of marbles. And no, I haven't lost my marbles. I know exactly where they are. See, they're in this little pouch just here. But, but every time, how do we... I saw that shake of the head. How, how do we maintain, how do we maintain relationship? Well, it's all about consistency. It's all about a congruence between our words and our actions. And what happens, remember I start off by saying that trust is like a currency, right? It's like a currency. It's something that's spent between people. When I meet or exceed an expectation, I, I put into the trust account. but only one. Do you see a guy turn up with a dozen roses at the front door? You know what he is? Amateur. 
Because he's only going to get one coin in the trust account for that. If he just bought one rose, guess how many coins he would have got? Just one. Don't bother buying a dozen. Just get one. If you take the rubbish bin out, guess what? One. If the rubbish bin stinks, guess what? One. You only ever get one because we put in in coins. One at a time. That's why it's so hard to build this thing called trust. You with me? We put in with coins. One at a time. It takes a long time to build trust. Yeah? A long time to build trust. And how quickly can it be destroyed? Just, just one action. Just one bad circumstance, right? You see someone who's nervous in a car. It isn't you that they're nervous about. Hello? Well, actually, actually, it might be. I just recant that. It could be that it's you. In fact, it probably is you. But when you do the right thing and you drive consistently, and I'm not going to point at anyone or call out any names. I'm on my best behavior because I'm earning trust. And you put it in, you put it in with coins. I apologize to all of those that want me to have no personality. I'm sorry, I have one. Uh, we put it in with coins, right? We put it in with coins. But what happens when we, when we, what happens when we do something that, is less than the expectation of our other. What happens? We put in with coins, but we take out with notes. And so it isn't long, just a few bad strikes, and we find ourselves back to, we find ourselves back to an empty trust account. So what starts happening? Emotions start shutting down. Yeah? Distance. Who knows what cold shoulder is? I'm not talking about pork. Who knows, who knows what hot tongue is? I'm not talking about kissing, right? When the trust account is empty, guess what? Distance. Distance. Emotional and then physical distance. Financial distance. Why? Because I'm not sure I can trust you. And the only safe thing for me to do is just distance myself, right? Well, how, how can you regain trust? Go back to the previous slide uh, or, or the notes you wrote down and, and just take to heart things that you can do. But David, I think I've lost trust. It's all right. You're human. You can ask for forgiveness and you can have the opportunity to begin to restore trust. Have you ever done something in your life where you felt like, God, this, even you couldn't get me out of this mess? Ever been there? My life's over. It's not even worth living anymore. God, even if you came down here right now, I don't see how you could make good of this mess I'm in. Who's, who knows what I'm talking about? You've been there. Been there. But I love what the Scripture says, right? Look, let's look at the Scripture again as we close. Look at the Scripture again. It says that God has become, He's given to us a capacity to avoid fear, right? And, and regain trust, right? That singing and salvation is a result of, of what? Of, of this relationship, yeah? Well, well, can trust be borrowed or can it be loaned? Sure, it can. Every time you introduce somebody, that new person that gets introduced is being loaned your trust because who you are reflects on who they are. You don't know what I'm talking about? Just look this way for a minute. Ever watch telly? Ever seen a celebrity on there advertising a watch or a car or, or a hair replacement treatment 
or an or a air conditioner or a solar system. What are they doing? They're loaning trust to a product. Society trusts this person and they are vouching for this product. And so what are we buying? Not an air conditioner, right? And not a fry pan. We're trading on the commodity of trust we have for that person. And that's worth money. That's why they get paid big money because the public trusts them. Isn't that amazing? So you and I, you and I can have our trust ruined because of a choice that somebody else makes or we can actually have it restored and you can loan it to somebody else and help them to get back up and get running and get going again. Whenever I put into the account in a way that meets or exceeds expectation, poor old Phil, all he needed to do was say, hey Siri, I, I did this out at Mount Isa and my phone started talking to me. I hope it's turned off right now. Uh, I actually sent a text message to Pastor Sharon Fittler because <laughs> it said, hey Siri, and, it's, and, and I started speaking, it doesn't matter. How weird is that, right? Um, she must be the first Sharon in my, in my it's, the phone's turned on, babe, quick, grab it. Don't worry about your bruised ribs, just Joel, you saw that lady in pain and you did nothing. The trust account, man, am I in trouble. Did you see it happen there? Just took them all out and put it in the bin. Uh, when, when trust is high, when trust is high, I can afford to lose a few because trust is so high, but I don't ever take it for granted because it takes a long time to regain what I just put in. So, so I got lost on my train of thought just there. It was about something important. Siri. Oh, Phil. Yeah, thank you. Phil could have just said because you can't touch your phone right Colin can't touch your phone in the car you can't do it you shouldn't do it don't do it big Julie and so the phone's on the dash and you just go hey Siri text message to Sharon Westbrook my sweetheart and Siri will say what would you like to say and Siri will say I'm I'm held up in roadworks but I'll be home shortly my darling and bing Siri will read back the message to you it's an ad for Siri and it gets sent and guess what Phil walks in a door and there's no knife in the lady's hand. <laughs> Who knows what I'm talking about, right? So call ahead and just let people know I've been delayed. There's a legitimate reason why I'm not there just now. Because when you meet or you exceed someone's expectations, you build up the trust account. Is that helpful? Is that good? Look at the scripture one more time. God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord is my strength. The Lord God is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. There's people here today and those listening to this broadcast and you've got issues. You've got issues with God. You've got issues with yourself. You've got issues with people. And you're finding it hard to trust because trust has been eroded. And you feel like God should have answered your prayer by now. We spoke about that this morning. Where are you, God? And why is it not coming through? And there's people here who go, well, why didn't God prevent that bad thing from happening to me when I was a child? God, why did you let that? I, I'm not sure. Maybe you can trust God, David, because nothing bad's ever happened to you. But I, I, I'm, 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 I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Some of you just need to learn how to forgive God for not meeting your schedule, for not... For not just wrapping you in cotton wool and taking you straight to heaven the moment you got saved. Just need to forgive God 
Some of you need to forgive yourself because there's people here today, you can't trust you. There's things in your life that you wish you were free of, but you're not free of them and you can't trust you. And there's people here today and you're struggling to trust a loved one that's in your life and you want to. Your best you wants to, but there's this barrier, there's this wall. I'm telling you, God can help you with that. I'm here today as living testament that God can take broken people and broken situations and broken things and make something beautiful and something wonderful out of that. I'm just going to invite you today, just right now, wherever you are listening to this broadcast or wherever you are today, why don't you just bow your head? In fact, let's all do that this morning, right here and right now. Let's invite God into our pain, into our moment, and ask Him to help us. While we're doing that, our worship team are coming back to the platform just to finish off with one song this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm so thankful, Lord, that you are good. Even though life and even though this age and this, this world in which I live contains what it contains. And I've seen the good things, Lord, and I've also seen and experienced the evil and the, and, the, and, and the wickedness that this world is and can be. But Father, I turn my attention to you and your beauty and your goodness, your willingness to sacrifice for me, your willingness to go all the way to be faithful and true and be who you said you were. Lord, you did say that in this world there will be problems. We will have a result that's come to us through the fall. But Father, I'm praying and I'm asking and believing that you would give us grace to just again become vulnerable enough to say, Lord, I want to trust you. Father, to be able to come into a a, a, a point in our life where we can feel like we can trust ourselves. And Lord, would you help us to become trustworthy people? We need your grace to be those kind of men and those kind of women. And Father, for those that have hurt us and have let us down, we deliberately decide today not to be the arbitrator of justice, but Lord, just to look to you to help us in the healing process. Help us in the restorative process. Lord, we, right where we are now, look to you. Look beyond our circumstance. Look beyond that challenge. And we turn our faith and our attention and our praise for truly, truly, Lord, you are our strength. You are our song. And you've become our salvation in every single one of life's situations. And Lord, that's why we can trust you. Even though there's unanswered prayer and even though there's unanswered questions that are in our lives, Father, we can still rest on fully, rely in you because you are good and you do all things well. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, we pray that uh, today you have a chance to stay with us and have lunch together as a family. The uh, the uh, the, garage, the Vintage Collective garage sale is going to be open if you'd like to pop down there. And uh, we just ask God bless you and watch over you and have an awesome week. Go in the Father's love. Be blessed and be a blessing in Jesus' name.